you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Good morning. My name is Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Heights, and welcome to 2020, right? A new decade. Isn't that exciting? Okay. Ruben, all right, a couple of you are good. All right. You're like, well, I don't know about a new decade. I mean, I can't help you on that if you're not happy about it, but you, we got a new decade, you know, to do life together and church together and reach more people for Christ. And I'm excited about that. You know, our mission here at Heights is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. That's what we want to do. Love and lead people to a new life with Christ. In order to do that, though, uh, we need to be spiritually healthy. We need to be spiritually healthy as a people. We need to be spiritually healthy as a church. And so that's why at the beginning of this year, uh, we're launching a 52-day Bible reading plan through the book of Luke and Acts. And so this morning, uh, if you are in Life Group, you should have received a bookmark, and that's got the Bible reading plan on it. It really breaks down to a chapter a day. Uh, So I read Luke 1 this morning, took me about five minutes to get through uh, Luke 1, so it's not a lot of reading each day. Uh, So you can grab one of the bookmarks. There are some more on the back table uh, at the back at the end of the service. And so when you grab the bookmark, uh, you're going to see on the far right side, five, that's today. And then you're going to see Luke, and right in the middle of the bookmark are the highlighted chapters. So you would read chapter 1 today, uh, chapter 2 tomorrow, so on and so forth. So you can grab one of those bookmarks at the end of the service. We have a limited amount, and so you can grab one of those, or you can, on your iPhone, your tablet, whatever uh, device you have, you can download the Version Bible app. And when you download the Version Bible app, you want to search for Bible Project Luke and Acts, and then you're going to be able to sign up for that. That'll send you all the reminders on your phone and your tablet. So a Bible Project on the Version app. Search for Luke and Acts, and then you'll, you'll be uh, on board with it, all right? And so we're calling for everybody to be involved with that. I know some of you are probably thinking, well, I already have a Bible reading plan, right? I like to read through the Bible for the year or read through the New Testament in 90 days. Right now, my Bible reading plan is I've been reading uh, in the book of Acts all the different sermons through the book of Acts. That's one of the plans I'm doing. And so here's what you do. If you already have a plan, great, awesome, keep going on that plan, add this plan. Okay? Because we're not going to go, oh, I've got to read more Bible, right? That would be bad. So just add this one on. It's another chapter. It's okay. You know, you might go, well, wait a minute. Hang on. In December, I did this really cool thing that I figured out. I could start Luke on December 1st, and then I could finish Luke on Christmas Eve on the 24th chapter on December 24th. I just read through Luke. And you want me to read through Luke again? Yes! right? Because how many of us have ever watched the same movie again or a same TV show for the third time and we go, oh, I didn't know that joke was there or I picked up on that plot twist, right? Well, the Bible is the God's word that's living and breathing and it's active. And the more you read it, there's going to be times you could go, man, I just turned around and read this last month and I totally missed that, right? So add this into your plan. Uh, We're calling for everybody to do that because here's really why also. We have a tendency sometimes to twist Scripture, right? Now, I don't think any of us, I know most of you really well, 
would intentionally twist Scripture around. But sometimes we have a tendency to, to make the Bible say something it doesn't really say, or we get things twisted around. And so what we want to do is we want to be a people that really look at what the Bible really says. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to start this series as we're reading through Luke and Acts called Twisted. What does the Bible really say? And we're going to take three of the most popular twisted verses that you're going to hear. And we're going to learn over the next three weeks how to read our Bibles better and really look at what the Word of God says. So let's open up in a word of prayer this morning as we get started. Father God, I thank you for a time of singing, uh, Lord, where we could worship you and, and sing, as Matt said earlier, songs and hymns and spiritual songs to one another to remind us of your goodness and remind us of of who you are. And Lord, I'm so excited about what you are going to continue to do in the lives of these folks, uh, not only in this new year, but Lord, in this new decade. And Father, I pray that you will uh, continue to show yourself good to us. Father, help us to continue uh, to be faithful to you And Lord, I I pray this morning as we get started in your word uh, that, Father, those that are unsure of their salvation today will be made sure of their salvation. Uh, Those that don't know Christ as their Savior uh, by the end of our time together today will come to know Jesus as their Savior. Those that are spiritually weak will be spiritually strengthened. Father, those that are discouraged will be encouraged. Those that are sad, will uh, their sadness will turn to joy. That, Father, you will work in our minds and our hearts as we understand you better. Uh, Father, we also this morning want to pray for our youth and the leaders as they're traveling back from midwinter right now as we speak from their retreat. We pray for their safe return home. And, Father, we pray that you will just uh, help us today to better know you, to better love each other, uh, Father, and see you worshiped more and more, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Jeremiah 29. Uh, and so if you've got an app on your phone or a paper Bible in your hand, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 is where we're going to be. We'll have the verses up on the screen for you as well if you want to follow along that way. If you're kind of new around in your Bible, uh, if you open up kind of right to the middle, you're going to find Psalms or Proverbs and just hang a right by a couple of chapters or a couple of books and you're going to find uh, Jeremiah chapter 29 is where we're going to be this morning. So when we think about reading our Bibles, uh, I'm going to get you into some verses here in a moment, but what you always want to do in order to avoid twisting around Scripture is to set the context of what you're reading. Okay, so think about it this way. Context is always king. All right, so context, context. We want to understand what's coming before the verses we want to focus on, what's coming on after the verses we want to focus on. So we want to avoid sometimes just jumping in and grabbing one verse out because we want to understand the context. When we understand the context, that's going to understand uh, uh, the interpretation better. So to help us understand the context of passages, you want to just ask yourself some simple questions, okay? Who wrote it? When did they write it? Why did they write it? So if we pick up in Jeremiah, Jeremiah is the author of this letter. He's writing, notice in verse 1, to a group of people. Look at Jeremiah 29, verse 1. It says, These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exile, and to the priests, to the prophets, to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. All right, so Jeremiah's writing a letter. Who's he writing it to? He's writing to people who've been exiled. 
And these are people who have been exiled uh, from Jerusalem to Babylon. Why did he write it? Well, if we went back and we read all the previous 28 chapters, uh, he's writing because he's saying, look, you guys are sinning. You guys are turning away from God. You guys are not obeying him. God's warning you, if you don't come back, he's going to send Nebuchadnezzar in. And Babylon's going to come in, he's going to take over, and he's going to exile you out. I'm giving you warning, giving you warning, giving you warning. Well, if you read all 28 chapters before chapter 29, people of Israel are like, look, all right, we're not turning back to God. We're not listening. So what happens? Exactly what God said would happen, right? right? Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon comes in, he conquers, he exiles them out. So this part of Jeremiah, he's writing to encourage them. And he's going to say, look, exile, it's not going to be forever. There's just going to be a time period here that you're going to be exiled, but this is what I want you to do. And and stop and think about this. He's writing this to a group of people who've been exiled. I mean, these are people that are no longer in their homes. They're now foreigners in a foreign land. They don't speak the language of people they're living around. Different foods, different customs. You know, everything different. We just... Ask yourself this question. If that happened to you today, I mean, we we know what's going on in our world. And and let's just say Iran came in and conquered us. And Iran exiled us out to Iran. What would you think? How would you feel? Would you be angry? We'd be angry. We'd We'd be angry at the people that exiled us. I mean, we'd be scared. What's going to happen? You'd be worried. Where, how long am I here? Am I going to have a job? How am I going to live? Where am I going to live? Right, you, you may be a little confused. God, why would you let this happen? You think all the people that Jeremiah is writing to had those same emotions that you and I would have if that happened to us? Yes. And notice what God told them to do. Pick up in verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel... To all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens. Eat their produce. Take wives. Have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. But verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf for in it. It's welfare. You will find welfare. Wouldn't that be hard? <laughs> I mean, did you get that? God's saying, guys, settle down. Settle in. You're going to be here for a while. And here's what I want you to do while you're here. Seek the welfare of the city. Make the city better. Those who have exiled you and now have conquered you, Make sure their lives get better. Who's signing up for that? (laughs) But think about this. How how would this apply to us? Are we, would the Bible tell us that as believers in Jesus Christ, this is our permanent home? No. Philippians 3 verse 20 says, our citizenship is in heaven. First Peter says that we're foreigners living in a foreign land. And we're just passing through. This earth isn't ours. 
But what do we see constantly in the New Testament? That as believers in Jesus Christ, we're to go out and make disciples. We're to make where we live better. Right? We're to leave this place better than what we found it. Because here's what happens, is when more and more people in your community start following Christ, what's going to take place? The community is going to get better. And so you and I, we should seek the welfare of our city. We should be about our communities and helping our communities get better. The Bible would teach that throughout in many different places, not just here in Jeremiah. So that's one reason we say here that we want to be a church just not in a community, but for a community. We want to recognize that God did not put all these people around Heights Baptist Church to make Heights Baptist Church bigger. God put all these people around us so that we at Heights Baptist Church can share the gospel with them, help them come to know Jesus, God gets glorified, and our communities get better. Amen? And so one way we do that, just one way we do that, is through our special needs ministry. You know, our special needs ministry here, we we have programs uh, from, you know, birth through on. And so on Sunday mornings, we have classes for kids uh, that can't be in a typical class. We have a buddy system where we can help kids that may have some disabilities that can be in a typical class, but maybe need a little more help function in those classes. We have uh, what we call recess nights, where we have where the parents can drop off their kiddos and their siblings, and they can go out for a a date night and get a a much-needed break. Maybe you have someone in your family that's older, uh, that you're a long-term caregiver. We have long-term caregiver support groups uh, where you can get together with other long-term caregivers and you guys can support each other and, and better understand and find community that way. But another thing we're adding that we're excited about is in the community, there's a, a group called the Gathering Place. And this is four churches that have come together. And within the Gathering Place, it helps people with Alzheimer's and dementia. And so they meet once a week on Wednesdays. And then there's four churches that will host uh, each week. And there's activities for those with uh, special needs. There's things for the caregiver. And so we've been asked to host the fifth Wednesday. When there's a fifth Wednesday of a month, we be the host church for that. And so this morning, after the service, there's just going to be a very, very brief meeting just right down front. If you're interested in any way in that, finding out more, helping out on that fifth Wednesday, it's a couple of times a year. Uh, You can come forward at the end of service, find out a little bit more about that. But that's one way, just one way we can seek the welfare of our city and help our city get better. And so God's saying, all right, here's what I want you to do. So we've got the context laid down. Jeremiah is writing this letter to people who have been exiled out of Jerusalem to Babylon. So now let's go to the verses we want to focus in on this morning. And let's pick up in verse 10. Verse 10 says, For thus says the Lord, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, many of you probably have an NIV Bible out, and let me uh, read that in the NIV because you've probably heard the verse quoted more that way. It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. So when you come into your Bible, you want to set context. Make sure you get the context right. Next thing we want to do is let the Bible interpret the Bible. 
And that's the best way to understand the Bible, is to let the Bible interpret the Bible. What you're trying to understand out of this passage, are there other passages that back that up? And so when we start interpreting the Bible, there's really two ways to do this, okay? I'm going to give you just a couple of big words um, that we learned in seminary, and they approach the size of mayonnaise, all right? And that's, I don't usually words, use words bigger than mayonnaise, but here we go. One way you can do this when you interpret the Bible is through what's called exegesis, okay? So exegesis means you are leading out of, all right? So you are exegeting the text, meaning you're seeking to pull the meaning out of the text, all right? We want to draw the meaning out of the text, lead it out of, all right? That's exegesis. Now, the flip side to that is what's going to be eisegesis, okay? Eisegesis means you are leading into, all right? So exegesis, you take out of. Eisegesis, you lead into, all right? Exegesis, pull out of. Eisegesis, put into. Eisegesis happens when we come to a text and we read our thoughts into it. We read our opinions into it. We read ourselves into it. So think about it this way. What we want to do is exegesis. We always want to come to the Bible and we want to pull the meaning out of the Bible. Why did Jeremiah write what Jeremiah wrote? We want to find that. Eisegesis we want to stay away from. Eisegesis will lead you to heresy really fast, right? Why? Because you're making yourself the main character. You're putting your thoughts, your intentions, your motivations into the passage. So when we come to Jeremiah 29, 11, ask yourself this question. Where do you see this come up? Where do you see Jeremiah 29, 11 come up? Well, you see it on Facebook a lot, right? There's a kind of a one of the little Facebook uh, games going on right now that I've seen where you can click and it generates your Bible verse for 2020. And so as I've seen that over the last several days, guess what Bible verse it's generated for 2020 for folks? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, right? So you've seen on Facebook, you may have a pillow at your home that you've cross-stitched it into a pillow. Coffee mug, t-shirt, Maybe a tattoo on your body. So we see it all over the place. Ask you this. When is it used? When do you see Jeremiah 29 pop up? It's usually after somebody's lost a job. I lost a job, but don't worry. Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a plan for me. Plans to prosper me, not to harm me. Somebody gets sick. Oh, don't worry, Jeremiah 29, 11. Something hard and bad has happened in your life. And we run to Jeremiah 29, 11. Here's the problem. We have unintentionally twisted Jeremiah 29, 11 around. And, and I know I'm not going to make friends right here. So sorry. But if we're doing exegesis, <laughs> who's Jeremiah 29, 11 for? It's for them. Who is Jeremiah writing to? People who have been exiled. And see, we need to understand when we come to a promise in God's Word, there's really two sets of promises you find in the Bible. Okay, there's, there's specific promises. Right? You can come to a specific promise in the Bible that is written for specific people at a specific time. Right? That's Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a specific promise. 
Then there's general promises. A general promise in the Bible applies to Christians all over the place, all over different time periods. So when we come to a promise like this, we have to say, is this specific or is it general? Can I apply this now to me and to Christians everywhere, or is it just for them at their time? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11 would be a specific promise for them and their day. Now you're really upset because you're thinking, I got to go home and throw the coffee mug away and Nana's, you know, like stitch the pillow for me and the tattoo removal is going to be painful and expensive and oh, right? Does God have a promise for you? Yes or no? Yes. Does God have a plan for you? Yes or no? Yes. Where do we find that? Where do we find general promises like that? Ephesians 1.11. <laughs> All right. Watch what happens in Ephesians 1.11. In him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Right. Ephesians 1.11. Can we apply that to Christians everywhere of all time? Yes. Because what is Paul saying in Ephesians 11? When you come to know Christ, you have an inheritance. That's right for every Christian, no matter where they end or what time period they lived in. Because when Christ, we have an inheritance. In Christ, God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. God is working in our lives according to his plan. Right? So in order to avoid twisting scripture sometimes, we have to understand what are specific promises and general promises. Ephesians 1.11, that's us. That's a general promise. We can go this morning, great God, you have a plan. You have a purpose. You, you love me. I have an inheritance. That inheritance is heaven. Thank you, God. But let me show you something back in Jeremiah 29. When you come to verse 12, there's another promise. And remember, I said there's two types of promises, right? Specific promise, general promise. We've established verse 11 was a specific promise for them. That Jeremiah is writing that God says you're not here in exile forever, right? Verse 10 says, when 70 years are completed, I'm coming to visit you. I'm coming to bring you back this promise, back to Jerusalem. After 70 years, Nebuchadnezzar's done. You're out of here. And then we roll into verse 11, and he says, I have plans for you. That's a specific promise to them. But pick up in verse 12, because... I love verse 12 and 13 because I think these promises of 12 and 13 are more glorious than verse 11. Verse 12 says, then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll hear you. You will seek me and find me. You will seek me with all your heart. I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. I love that. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And we said verse 11 is a specific promise. How do we know verses 12 and 13 is a general promise that we can hold on to? Well, just like we did with Ephesians 1.11, we want to ask, do we see those promises elsewhere in the Bible? And if we see the same promise kind of over and over in the Bible, then we can say that's a promise for us. Listen to a, a couple of verses. James 4.8 it says, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And what James is saying there is that when we seek God, 
We draw near to him. He draws near to us. And when God draws near to us in his presence, then we realize that we are sinners in his presence. And we need to purify our hearts and we need to cleanse our minds and we need to draw near to him in that cleansing. How about Hebrews eleven six? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe he exists and that he will reward those who seek him. So what are you seeing from Jeremiah 12 and 13, James 4, 8, Hebrews 11, that we have this God who can be known, this God that you can draw near to. And when you draw near to him and you seek him, he draws near to you. And you have that promise this morning that you can hold on to. And listen, let me say this, that when you have his presence in your life, you have his plans. When you have his presence... You have his plans. And and what's better? A plan or presence? (laughs) I want him. Right? I want him, just not the plan. See, isn't that what we're after sometimes? God, just give us the plan. Let's know how it's going to go. Have you ever been that way? Lord, I'm going to go to sleep now. And if you will just please write out steps A, B, C, and D on the wall before I wake up. That would be glorious. Amen. Am I the only one that's ever prayed that through in my life? Lord, it'd be really great if you just let me know the plan. It's like, I'm not going to let you know the plan. Can't handle the plan. Think you could do that? Think you and I could handle the plan? No. No, no, no. It's prom night for your, your daughter. She's a senior. Her date doesn't show up. She's sitting on the couch. Makeup is running everywhere. She's crying. She's upset. The guy didn't show. You as a dad sit beside your daughter. Daddy, tears in her eyes. Why didn't he show up? Why did he stand me up? Why did he do me this way? You look at your daughter and you said, I told you he was a bum to begin with. She never dated him. <laughs> Would you as a dad at that moment go, listen, it's okay. You didn't really, gonna, you weren't going to end up with him anyway. You're going to go to the school you wanted to go to. You're going to get the degree you wanted to get. And at the first job that you're going to have, you're going to meet a coworker. That's eventually, he's going to be your husband. And then he, you're going to have three kids with him, just like you've always wanted. You know, three beautiful girls. And, and you guys are going to live a long life together. You're going to have 60 years of marriage, and you're going to have eight grandkids and four great-grandchildren. I tell you, I know the plan. And let me just tell you the plan. Are you going to do that as a dad at that moment? No. Because that's not what she needs. What you're going to do as a dad is say, you know what? It's okay. Daddy's here. Daddy loves you. Daddy's going to walk you through this. And in your hurt and my hurt, in those moments where we need God's presence, he doesn't come into our lives and just go, watch this and let me unload the plan. No, because that's not what we need. What verses 12 and 13 is what we need. God comes into our lives and says, I'm here. 
And when you have my presence, you'll eventually have my plans. And God says, yes, I want to prosper you, but just not in the way you think. I mean, what about if the greatest point of prospering in 2020 comes for you when you are sitting in a chair getting chemotherapy? What if that's the greatest moment of prospering in your life spiritually? Because that's the time that God's going to draw you closer to him as you're growing closer to him. What if that's the moment where you now become a more mature believer in Jesus Christ? What if in that hardship in 2020, when you seek God and God draws near to you, you can sing what we just said and say, no matter what happens throughout the day, when the evening comes, I will still lift my hands and say, bless the Lord. Is that not prospering? Is that not what we would want? God over the plan? And that's what Jeremiah is at. That's the promise you and I can have this morning, that as you seek God, you can find God, and God's presence is in your life. You know, for some of you, you are walking into 2020 with some heavy stuff. And and do we want to pray for jobs when we're jobless? Yes. Do we want to pray for healing when we are sick? Yes. Do we want to pray for depression and sadness to lift? Yes. Do we want to pray for anxiety to go down? Yes. Do we want to pray for circumstances to change in our life? Yes. That is all good and well to pray for. But as we're praying for circumstances to change, understand God is after your character more than your circumstance. God wants to change you. God wants to change you and conform you into the image of his son, Jesus. And God says, as you draw near to me, I'm drawing near to you, and you can have me in your life. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray for these things that are on our hearts. Let's this morning understand that the greatest gift that God can give you this morning is not a change of circumstance, but of himself. I'm going to say that again. The greatest gift that God could give you this morning is not a change of just circumstance, but of himself. But just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to encourage you to pray. Just however you feel led to pray. And I know there are some of you that, that like I said, you, you have walked into 2020 with some, some heavy things on your heart and on your mind. And I want to pray specifically for you in those things. And so this morning, just would you, if today you say, you know what, I've I've got a prayer need. I've I've got something on my heart and mind that I'm asking God to do. Would you would you just slip up your hand right where you are? Just you could slip that up and we're going to pray for a moment. Just okay. plenty of hands went up. Father. There are a lot of hands that went up of people who said, I have prayer needs right now. There are circumstances that need to be changed, and we want to pray for those, whether it's, it's health issues, it's family issues, it's um, job issues, whatever the, the issue is in the circumstance. Lord, we, we want to pray that you will, you will turn that circumstance around for, for those that lifted their hands and said, yes, I, I need prayer. Lord, and I thank you that when we pray and call out to you, that, Lord, you hear our prayer that you draw near to us, that we can have you in our lives. And so, Lord, as we pray for circumstances to change, 
Lord, I pray that we realize and value and love the presence of God in our lives. So, Lord, help us to hold on to that this morning. Lord, I pray you work on behalf of your people. In a moment, I'm going to finish our prayer and invite you to come forward as we sing. And just to let you know, this would be a time as well, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, this is an opportunity for you today to come and to know the presence of God in your life. To have that inheritance we talked about earlier, heaven. The Bible tells us that when you come to Christ as your Savior, you call out to Him and you give Him your life, that He forgives you of your sins. He gives you new spiritual life now, and then one day when you die, He takes you to heaven. That you have God's presence now and for all of eternity. And so I've prayed for you already this week. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus or you're unsure of that salvation, but I want to encourage all of us to, this morning just to pray for those that might be in our midst that, that are unsure of salvation or don't know Christ as their Savior. As I pray as well, we want to pray specifically for you today. Father, we pray today, whether it's a child, it's a teenager, it's an adult that may be unsure of their salvation, maybe doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that this will be the day that they will come to know Jesus that their forever can be changed, and they start walking with Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. And so, Lord, we pray as we respond through singing more, and that, Father, we can continue to pray, and we continue to lay before you what's on our hearts and our minds. And we thank you, God, when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org.